0: Greetings friends and fellow gamers, welcome to another episode of Rolling for Change. This is uh, 2019, we're, we're starting up for 2019 in here and I'm excited to talk to you about uh, uncomfortable games, games that make us uncomfortable. There's a number of sort of categories that we can get into and we certainly will in the podcast. Uh, this is a discussion between Hosway and Brian and myself. About the varying forms of uncomfortable games. And how they make us uncomfortable. And what do we do with that discomfort when it comes up? Is it important? Is it not important? Should we run from it? Should we seek it out? Uh, More recently, in the past year, I've taken on the role of being a supervisor of therapists. This is a really challenging job at times. And it results in a lot of uncomfortable conversations. And, And I don't know if this plays into the discussion here. But I do believe that the more we can be with discomfort, the more experience we have with discomfort, the better we are going to be able to handle uncomfortable situations. And that is not to say that we seek out new discomforts and new pains, but that we are prepared for those terrible things when they do come up. You know, it sounds terrible when when we talk about it. It's, <laughs> I'm asking you to seek discomfort. I'm asking you to be okay with being uncomfortable. Sit on a tack and enjoy the tack. Well, maybe it's maybe it's worthwhile. So uh, have a listen. See what you think. We'd certainly like to hear what your thoughts are. Uh, you can send your thoughts to gamers at rollingforchange.com. But either way, here we go first episode of 2019. Of course, it was recorded in 2018, but you don't know that. I didn't tell you that. Have fun. See you next time. Hello, and welcome to Rolling for Change. My name is Woody Harris, and I am joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Brian Peace and Josue Cardona. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. It's exciting to be back up here talking about uncomfortable games this week. And I have so much to say about this, but uh, I want to just kind of do our normal check-in, see what we've been playing, and see what, uh, what's what been going on in you guys' worlds. Brian?
1: um come back to me in just a second <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> got it hosway oh, <laughs> well i uh i just started playing i'm the, I'm the video game person remember so I'm, I'm usually playing video games so i just started playing tetris effect which is a new tetris game um for playstation 4 and it has a vr mode and it is incredible Okay, it has this thing called a journey mode where you play, you're playing Tetris, plain old Tetris, but right. every single level has a, a a soundscape and a and a setting that goes together. And then the speed at which the pieces fall throughout the game changes according to the tempo of the music. So every oh, wow. level not only changes, the music builds up. Like every time you put down a piece, it starts. It has like sounds from the song, and then slowly the song comes in. And then every song has like it ebbs and flows right it changes a lot and then the speed of the of the of the pieces falling changes with the song and it's amazing and then it's so beautiful like there's this there's this one level where you are um like flying above the water and all of a sudden like dolphins are 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 swimming in the water and jumping up and down and they're beside you and if you turn your head because you're playing in vr you're seeing the entire setting that they've set for you is all around you so you're looking at like in the distance there's just this beautiful horizon and this beautiful water and then next to you there's dolphins and it's it's crazy there's one in the on the in the desert and like every time you put a piece down it sounds like sand and then suddenly these like um strange like um mirages are coming through of these people like riding on camels and then it's a giant caravan and the caravan is moving past you and into the distance behind you and then that sand setting as the music changes it changes to the surface of the moon it is incredible i am in love with tetris effect i I want to go right now and play tetris effect
0: (laughs) that's amazing I, i would have never thought that tetris could have been revamped and developed into something more modern like that that's fantastic
2: yeah, yeah. There's a music game called Luminous, and I think it's the same director who made um I forgot the name of the other game, but it is it he does a lot of music games and and puzzle games and this is just oh, it's amazing. It's so good. And the music is just really, really good too. I saw and someone on Twitter reality. this morning. Yeah, yeah, and the VR component. The VR component is optional, but it is it just adds so much to it. And I've I've read a lot of people say that just the idea of the state of flow that you go into in Tetris is like well known, and actually the game is named uh, the Tetris effect. That's actually a term, right. a research term for when people start either uh, seeing the blocks, like after you stop playing, you still see the blocks, or you still hear the music from the game. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, an effect that has been researched, so it's it's named the, the Tetris effect, and the game is named after that. And the idea is that in VR you can you can reach that flow state so much. Uh, faster and and more easily because there's nothing else around you except the game that's amazing. yeah
0: okay i gotta get my i gotta get my vr set so i can check this out because it sounds like the best way to do this is to do it through the vr
2: yeah black friday sales
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes well i i think i'll be i'll be somewhere else on black friday but we'll see what happens i'll be in i'll be in portland oregon on black friday Crazy, okay. They have
2: Black Friday in Portland. It's okay. I know, I know they do. <laughs> I just, uh, I will. <laughs>
0: okay. So I'll go ahead and talk about one that I've played that I was just totally enamored of. Um, not a video game, obviously. Um, I was at uh, uh, Game Fest just a couple weeks ago. And uh, once again, this is a, an Atlanta convention that we go to on at least, we go there three times a year, basically. Um, And if you are interested in more, you can find a nice little interview of Ward Batty that we did back in the early days of Rolling for Change. But in this particular one, I didn't get to play many games because I played mostly long games. And one of the longest games I played, not the longest, because I'm going to talk about that one, but one of the longer games that I played was Teotihuacan City of Gods. Now this is made by the same people who make Zulcan and make Marco Polo and a a number of other really, really great games. Uh, This is a, it's kind of a worker placement game in the sense that you're running around the board and you're trying to uh, you're trying to put your dice in the right spot and your dice age which is really cool so like if your die goes to space one whatever that space is then on the next turn it will age to two years old and it will be a two instead of a one and as you're moving around you're just continually you're building this pyramid in the middle which is the City of Gods the Teotihuacan you're working on banners on the the pyramid itself and you're working on building up your abilities to provide food to the gods and whatever else you you need along the way it's a really fascinating worker placement game and it's done in such a way as even though it's like a three-hour game maybe even longer it never feels like it's out staying its welcome. You just want to continue to build your engine and continue to build your abilities to do this. So this is rated pretty highly at uh, Board Game Geek. It's rated uh, an 8.2. It just came out maybe just uh, less than a month ago. Actually, I'm not even sure that the States has it yet. It may just be a release for Essen, which did just happen a couple weeks ago as well. Um, but I highly recommend it. This is Teotihuacan City of Gods, and it's done by NSKN Games. There you go. That
1: was actually one that I was going to talk about, um, but fortunately I have a backup. <laughs> <laughs> I really did enjoy that game. It, it, there were a lot of different mechanisms that I've seen in other games that I really like. Plus that dice aging mechanic added a new twist to those mechanics. Yeah. And yeah, it just kind of blew me away because really, if you look at the board, it's really busy and there's a, there are a lot of things going on. And it looks really, really intimidating. But once you play your first few rounds, you're like, oh, this is easy.
0: Yeah, it's like the 10,000 foot view of it looks like, oh my God, I don't know if I can do that. And then you get down into the, the bottom level and you're like, oh, okay, this is pretty easy. The The mechanics are pretty easy in this game the strategy that kills you it's amazing
1: yeah so there are a couple games i want to talk about one that was is an older game one that's a newer game um the newer game which i've had a chance to play but i don't I, woody hasn't had a chance to play I th- i'm thinking we we're going to try to get that one out today is western legends
2: Ooh, um
1: yeah. it is literally cowboys in a box um it's an open open world kind of game where you can choose what you want to do. Do you want to just herd cattle? You can do that. Do you want to steal cattle? You can do that. Um, do you want to go gambling? You can do that. Um, all kinds of things. you can fight people. you can, can you take rob a down. train. Um, you cannot rob a train. You can rob do other it. you can rob other players. okay. Um, but the nice thing is, unlike a lot of take that games, Whenever you attack someone else, it's um, it's not that bad because the only thing that hap- only minor things happen to your opponent. It's just something you do to get, um, to either arrest outlaws, or to you know, make some money, and the your opponent doesn't really lose that much, and they can come right back at you at some point. Um, there's a sheriff that, that bops around trying to find outlaws. There's a man in black who bops around trying to take out outlaws himself and who you can rob or gamble against. Or It's it's a really neat little game, and it um, reminds me of this pirate game. I can't remember the name of it, but it's also kind of open world where you can choose whatever path to victory you want to take. You can choose to do a combination of things. You can choose one thing and specialize in it, but it's entirely up to you. And you can get um, points in... Um, ...on the Sheriff track and become a Lawman, or you can get points on the Outlaw track. You'll get more points as an Outlaw, but then every, you put a big bullseye on yourself with the other players and the Sheriff. So it's it's a quick way of making, making points, but it's not going to last, because eventually you're going to get busted. But you can be an Outlaw for a while, get busted, lose all your Outlaw points... And then turn and then around and become sheriff? a lawman. And then go sheriff. <laughs> and then go sheriff. Yeah. I'm a totally reformed individual. And you can also be a lawman and eventually turn outlaw. Entirely That's so cool. up to you. So that was the more complex and newer game. The older game that I played, which um goes into kind of into our um, our theme today of uncomfortable games, but just dips into it a little bit because it was uncomfortable for one specific reason, was Zoffen Buffalo.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's,
1: it's an older German game. It's about um, herding cattle, which <laughs> kind of oddly translates into uh, Western legends, too. Um, <laughs> you play two cards on your turn. You're going to play a uh, a cattle card, and you're going to play, a, a, I don't remember what it's called. Basically, you're putting them in a pen, in a, in a field. There are smaller fields, and there are larger fields. The person with the least amount gets to put bonus, whenever it finishes up, whenever it fills up, gets to put bonus cattle in other places. You can never have the same amount as someone else. If you tie with them, you put one fewer cow in. Um, Your goal is to supersede and get more cattle out at the end of the game. The person who has the fewest cattle still left in their home supply wins the game. And the reason this was uncomfortable to me is because, and I'm not going to drop any names here, but... I was specifically invited to the game by someone who up until that moment I was pretty sure didn't like me all that much, um, which made it really weird for me. I mean, if It was a good feeling because I was like, I didn't think, why are you inviting me to this game? You You normally don't like playing games with me because he's really, really intelligent and typically wins a lot of the games. And I'm not so much a great player. And I have annoyed him sometimes with bad plays and being overly social i guess um so was a little uncomfortable there because i was so terrified of making a boneheaded move and annoying the crap out of him but i ended up winning the game so to hell with that (laughs) (laughs) sorry for the h-bomb there but it was totally appropriate i was so happy i won that game because i beat two or three i beat two different people who always beat me at games and i just schooled them in that one it was great
0: Alright, so you're, you're <laughs> moment in the sun.
1: Yeah, and I lost all the
0: other games that I played that weekend. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, I can do one more real quick. And that is the same people, actually, who made Teotihuacan. And that is The Voyages of Marco Polo, Agents of Venice. Now, Mark, The Voyages of Marco Polo is one of my favorite games of all time. It, it, it definitely hits in the top ten. Um, it's a... It's kind of a travel based game where you're racing around trying to well, you're not racing. That's a strange way to put it. But you were moving around the board trying to get your 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 merchant path basically from one city to the next city and that's how you make points. And along the way you do a lot of other things to make points. And it's kind of got a point salad aspect going on to it. Uh but also when you put the new expansion in it, some of the things that made it really hard to achieve your goals before Is no longer like it's no longer as hard to achieve your goals. But now there's multiple paths, more paths than you could ever imagine to get these points. And so, the beauty of it is, it made the game feel like it had. There was more to it now. Like it felt like it before. It was a great game. Now it's it's just even better. I don't know how to explain it except to say that adding more options for your players tends to, in this case, make the game more enjoyable. And like I said, it's already an enjoyable game, so I'm not uh, downing the original game whatsoever. But adding Merchants of Venus allows you to go and build your merchant houses in Venice so that you're moving your boat up kind of through Venice to try to make more and more points. And the farther you go up Venice, the more points you can make. Um, it's, it's just really stellar what they did in order to, to make this a more complex game without making it less fun. And the, the other piece of it, one of the great things about Voyages of Marco Polo is each character has a really strong cheating ability. Now, this means that, like, for one person, they can change. This is a, uh, a worker placement game with dice, where you. you're a dice placement game, I guess we'll call it. And one of the things that happen on your dice, sometimes you just roll your dice and you get what you get. But if you get one character, you can change your dice to any number you need to during your turn. So that's one of those great cheaty things. Um, when Another character can jump all around the board without having to pay near as much as everybody else does, and that's another great cheating thing. So each person has a great cheating thing that makes the game more interesting. And everybodys it's like everybody's super-powered Marco Polo or super-powered merchants uh, in, in the time of Marco Polo. It's just a really fantastic game, and uh, I would encourage anyone who enjoys worker placements and, of course, who enjoys these guys, the, the guys who make Teotihuacan and, and this is, uh This is wonderful. This is a great addition to the game.
1: I just want to make a clarification. Earlier, you accidentally said Merchants of Venus. Guys, <laughs> Agents of Venice. <laughs> Agents of Venice. Just want to let you guys know that's a completely different game. It is a compl- oh. it's a great game. <laughs> it doesn't take Marco Polo into space, although I'm sure he would have told a great story about going into space because he told a lot of other wild tales.
0: There we go.
2: <laughs> there we go. Anything else, Sway? Well, I'm I have been playing Red Dead Redemption, which is a very big uh, game that just came out. I believe it is. I think it made it so like 17 million copies in the first week, wow. something like that. It's, okay. it's the biggest. Um, it made more money than Infinity War um, in just a week, so okay. it is it is huge. But uh, it definitely goes along the lines of today's topic, and it's also a cowboy <laughs> game. So yeah, <laughs> so I think we're going to be talking a lot about uh, cowboys today, as much as we are um, discomfort.
0: Strangely, Discomfort and Cowboys Go Together, I don't know what that is. We'll
2: get into it, yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't even know a new version was out. I saw lots of people talking about it, and I didn't know why it was suddenly the big thing. So they redid it, basically, or they they have a sequel
2: or it's something. A sequel. It's, a sequel. Well, okay. it's a sequel. It's a sequel. It's a
0: sequel that's a prequel. A pre-sequel. <laughs> Got it.
1: All right. Kind of like um, Phantom Menace, but better.
2: Uh <laughs> no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have this discussion with you.
0: We're not no, that's not gonna happen. here. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else, Brian? Yeah, there is um
1: in the video game arena, my Xbox one is dead right now, so all I've got is my phone and my iPad Pass
0: a trombone. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but they just released Love Letter for iOS. yes, and they did. if you guys have ever played this as a micro game, um, only has 14 cards and your goal is to get get four, four or more, depending on how many players you have, love letters to the princess to try to woo her. The person who gets the most love letters, the fastest, wins the game. So you play over a variety of rounds and each card has a special ability. You might try to play the one card, which is the guard, the lowest card. But if you name someone else and say, I think you have the six, the king, and they say, I do, I do. So you, they catch you trying to slip your letter to the king and you're out of the round. Um, however, if you make it through the entire round and maybe you have the eight card, the highest card, the princess, or you have the next to highest card, the um, countess, who's her best friend. Um, if you have the higher card or if you're the last person to not be eliminated, you get your letter to the princess and she is now wooed one point toward you. Once the first person to reach the maximum number wins the game and I've been mildly obsessed with the game once it came to iOS because it's just very quick yeah and I just I can play it over and over and over and over again and just sit there and blow half an hour.
0: And this game's been around for a little bit as a as a card game and it's it's been around so long that it's actually got a, a lot of different versions of it a Batman love letter is the one I play the most. Yeah, um, But there's also Lord of the Rings, Love Letter, and I believe there's Adventure Time, and yep. there may be some others as well. So um, a great little card game. So can you good, play the uh,
2: iOS version on your own? Yes. Yes. Okay. The there's iOS version
1: has, yeah, there are up to three bots that you can play against. You can play one-on-one, you can play one versus, you know, you can play three-player, you can play four-player. It, it has a, the bot has kind of, Makes kind of dipstick moves from time to time, but I'm sure they're going to fix the AI as they go forward.
0: I wonder how hard it is to make a AI fail on purpose. If it's any harder than it is to make an AI win on purpose, that's
2: I, I, uh, that's another podcast. That's that's, that's totally another yeah. podcast. I, absolutely, <laughs> that's a deeper question that we can answer
0: here today. So excellent let's uh, let's go into talking about our theme today I, I came on this theme because this uh, this kind of matches with a lot of experiences that I have uh, with board gaming I, I shouldn't say that a lot of experiences but there are times that I just have these moments where I don't know I just feel like in the game I'm I'm out of place for some reason or I'm feeling really uncomfortable in the place that I'm in. And that's kind of what brought it to mind was there are games that make you uncomfortable when you play them. And and I, you guys will have to kind of go along with this for a minute here because I, I, I kind of made some categories of uncomfortable games so I could, we could talk about them in some way that would make it a little more, um, I don't know, organized or something. Uh, so there's discomfort with the mechanics or the fit of the game, which is basically when you sit down to a game and you whatever's going on in the game it's not the game itself but it's the style of the game like you know maybe somebody's uncomfortable with worker placement games or maybe somebody's uncomfortable with with um, games that are creative games because they you know they put them into a space of AP or something and so AP I guess is one version of discomfort Um, there's discomfort with people at the table which happens sometimes because you just can't know whether or not I mean you just when you sit down with people you don't always know who you're playing with and then as you learn who they are through the game sometimes you might get uncomfortable with the process that's going on. Um, There is discomfort with the theme or material presented which I imagine is going to fit into what you have to talk about a lot and and actually what I have a lot to talk about um, which is just this idea that that whatever's going on in the game the theme is really making you squirm a little bit. then there's self presentation in the game. So the way we present ourselves in the game, you know, you're sometimes forced to present yourself in different ways that don't feel comfortable. One of those being to put yourself on stage, like in a party game, like Times Up or something, where you have to you have to act out or be somebody different than you normally are. Um, even Werewolf, to an extent, has that. Um, and, uh, and just a couple more. The the game is bigger than me, which is when you sit down to a table and you find that. I don't know how I'm ever going to equal up to what's going on in this game. And you sit through it because you're trying to be you know, the best possible person you can be in the moment, but you know that inside you're dying a little just because you can't figure out how to play the game. And then similar to that is I'm new to this game, but it's challenging to keep up. So it's kind of the same idea. So those are the categories I came up with for kind of talking about how we get uncomfortable in games.
2: Hmm. I'm thinking about the social aspect of all of, about all of this, because yeah. um, as you're talking, I'm thinking of examples for each one. And some of them, like you know, usually I'd be like, oh, well, you know, if I don't like the theme, I can just I can just shut it off. I can just go. <laughs> but if you're in a social situation where you're at a table and you've committed to game night and you decided this is the game we're going to play, <laughs> right, it's harder. It's harder because um, you are got to to the other different. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's harder to just get up and go, and all your friends stay behind and they're playing the game versus like changing the channel, you know?
0: Yeah, because that's that's what you can do with a video game anytime. Yeah, I mean, but I can even or a book say or in or like a movie, like Mario, right? Anything. Yeah. Mario Turban definitely doesn't seem like an uncomfortable game, but when I'm up in the sky, hopping from one piece to the next, and I, if, you know, if I miss, I that's utter doom. Those are those are fairly uncomfortable moments. Yeah, yeah. So there's a stress aspect too that gets in there, I believe, sometimes. So what are some games that you guys have played that that have been uncomfortable, and we'll maybe kind of look at it from that perspective. What, which, where it fits at?
1: Well, the, you were talking about categories of games where the mechanics are such that they're just not enjoyable because, and it makes you very uncomfortable. There. I mean, there's an entire genre of games, party games. Party games! It's rare that I find a party game that I like, but none of them annoy me more than concept. Really? Yes. Concept is basically charades on a board. Yeah. And the problem with concept is there's no defined ending to the game. I have seen people play that game for three hours at a time. And I can't. I can't I don't like playing that game for one round, much less for three hours. And I desperately try to get people to play some any literally any other game, but the people are crowding <laughs> around it going, This is so weird, this is so cool, and they're all playing the game all at once, and I'm just sitting there like the wallflower on the um on the edge of a party thinking, Where's a dog or a cat I can play with for a while?
2: <laughs> but is there no win state? Like is is it accurately defined?
1: There is a win state, which is just like charades, you guess the thing, and you move on to the next thing. But you just keep going on to the next thing until you get tired of the game.
0: Well, so the, with the rules of the game, there is a win state, but typically people who don't play it to a win state, they play it because it's more of an activity rather than a game. Uh, gotcha. Because it's like, another oh, let's way go of doing again. charades. Let's just yeah, go again. exactly, like because then, okay. it's just so much fun. I mean, I, I'm obviously not speaking for Brian here, but it's just so much fun to to, to use the board as a charades tool to yeah. try to get somebody to guess what you're trying to guess, help them to guess. Um, but yeah, I, I can get that, you know, if you don't enjoy that kind of activity, then it would be an uncomfortable situation. And that's, that's the social situation where you're kind of needing to bow out. Yeah. What about you, Josue? What's uh, what's been uncomfortable recently?
2: So, just recently, um, well, I want to speak to, to to an example similar to sure what what Brian was saying right now, and it reminds me of uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. A, a lot of uh, the criticism that it's getting is like some people are calling it boring, um, but also it's very difficult to control and. It doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of like I was expecting it to be a lot like uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is very easy to control. It's very what you need to do. Like you're limited in what you can do, so it's very simple. In Red Dead, you can do so many different things. Like you you pull one trigger to to uh, contextually speak to people, and then you have multiple options. And then in different interactions, like you can you can hold out your gun to someone and then point it up and shoot in the air. And that will get a different reaction from people than if you do different things. It gets, it's just difficult to control, and that can be very uncomfortable when you have twenty different options on a controller, and you don't know what button to press, and and you don't remember, uh, and you don't you want to move a certain way, but the way that the game wants you to move is is different. Like that that that's very uncomfortable, uh, but. Lately, or at least throughout the month of October, for um, other podcasts on the Geek Therapy Network, I decided to completely um, uh, go completely deep into horror as a genre. So I watched a lot of horror movies, horror television, and on the game side, I pretty much only played horror games. And that's a genre that basically I, I always, I don't know, I thought I, I wanted to stay away from because uh, just... But I realize I just don't like being afraid. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I realize that horror horror really isn't scary to me. I've realized that now. Um, but on the game side is a very different experience than watching uh, horror on on TV or in a movie. It's very very different, and <clears throat> because. Like, I don't know, the, the way the game, the, the way the things happen are, are very different. So I was uncomfortable playing games for like a month, <laughs> for the whole month of October <laughs> for a number of uh, different reasons, because that genre in particular does things that other genres just don't do. Things like um, it, it makes you very weak, you know, like you are very um, vulnerable And and who likes to feel vulnerable, you know? (laughs) Like, I play games to to feel like a badass and be super powerful. Um, I don't like having to... um, Like, again, being powerless. Um, Having things be... um, uh, those jump scares that constantly come at you, right? Things being dark all the time. I don't, I don't, I don't like my games. Like, I don't like everything being dark all the time. I kind of like <laughs> to see where I'm going. Um, so all of those things added up to to a number of very interesting experiences. Some of them came just from frustration of not being powerful enough. Some came from the fact that like I had to accept that there was like I was never going to get a weapon in this game. For example, there was no offensive capability. All I could do was uh, run and okay. hide. I was like, hmm, running and hiding doesn't sound like like a lot of fun, it turns no. out it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> but there are whole games that are that are just that, and and uh, yeah, I think I, I can think of examples for for all the different categories that you that you came up with. I think it's a very personal thing, right? Because it's the games that I played that I found uncomfortable. Um, a lot of people love and enjoy. And then when I was looking at it from the horror lens, some games that to me met all of the co- the, the criteria of what a horror game does to a person, mm-hmm. uh, those games, the ones I could identify that did that for me, weren't considered horror games at all. So it's very subjective on what is uncomfortable, right? I think that right. that's obvious. Um, like. I think concept is pretty cool, but I, I understand what Brian is saying. I completely understand. It's like, oh no, you're in a, you're in a, a concept black hole, and you can't get, <laughs> you get pulled in, and there's no way out. Um, that sounds, that sounds horrible. I get it. Yeah, it Just be a win condition.
1: It's like, you know, the the game is like Groundhog Day. Stop. Pl- yeah. Win, win, rinse, repeat. Win, rinse, repeat. And I'm like, can I please just drive with the hedgehog off the cliff?
0: <laughs> Don't drive angry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I like the horror genre. Like you like you were saying, you and you you would like concept, but I I mean oh god, I'm trying to remember the name of the game. It's the one where you're in an underwater city.
2: Um, uh,
0: oh god, you're you're talking about a video Bioshock. game, or a yeah. Bioshock. Bioshock, 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 yeah, yeah,
1: Bioshock. The first time I played that, I made a point of playing it in a dark room, and holy crap, so many jump scares in that. And there's um, Five Nights at Freddy's that I. Totally dug on for a while, um, (laughs) which is just one of those building of tension games. Flip camera, flip camera, flip camera. Oh, shoot. He's right in the frame. (laughs) Yep. Wait, that's the room that's right next to me. No, 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 no. Lock the door. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you guys were talking about uncomfortable games because of mechanics. Now, you mentioned that one where it's just overwhelming for you and you get really uncomfortable. Woody was in this one with me. Do you remember at um, Dice Tower Con 2017, the first game we sat down to was Feast for Odin?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We, that's we, just an intimidating game when you first we, play.
1: We tried about for about 30 minutes to try to play that game. We even had someone come by and try to explain it. And about 30 minutes into it, we all kind of looked at each other and went, nope, all kinds <laughs> of notes, backed away and just walked away. We're like, okay, that's... That's not going to be our first experience at the con. Let's do something better. Um, and I'm sure it's a great game, but there are like a million and one things going on. It's the busiest board I've seen in ages. It's a fantastic and game. I I have yet to play it.
0: This is that's one from Uwe Rosenberg, and he really likes to make things more and more complex. But this is one of his pastiche games where you're trying to you're trying to make the. Uh, you're trying to fill the board in but you've got puzzle pieces that don't always fit together and it's uh, it's a fascinating game. I really like that game.
1: If I want to put puzzle pieces together I'll'll um, justs I'll puzzle. I'll play patchwork.
0: fair enough. <laughs> so you were mentioning jump scares and I can't I don't know that this really happens in board games. Maybe it happens in Mansions of Madness or in Betrayal at House on the Hill, because these are both games where it's like there is a horror story going on in a in a mansion or a house of some sort.
2: But I I'll do. Push remember... ba- I'll push back on this. I'll push back. Uh, uh, okay. Because I feel like rolling the dice and having a negative outcome is always a surprise, right? Like a jump scare sure. is basically a surprise. And many times I think there's a there's a there's a parallel there where you know that there's like you can't if, if you roll one specific thing, that would be the worst possible outcome, right? <laughs> and and right. maybe you, and maybe it happens when you don't expect it. Please don't it's roll like, one. Uh, please don't roll one. Please yeah. don't roll one. And then and then and then it happens. You know, maybe when you're not expecting it. And I think I think that's a, I think that's close. You guys, agree. I have,
1: I have three words for Woody: oh, Mansions God. of Madness. <laughs> That game just builds up and builds up and screws you over and screws you over and you see the monsters coming for you and then you they get right on top of you and you roll the dice and then you're eaten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you get caught up in the fire and the fire burns you and the boat before you can escape.
0: Or there's a mob that's coming on your tail and you're trying to run away from them but suddenly you're a part of the mob and oh my god. You're
1: taking damage because they're throwing you around everywhere. Exactly.
0: But in, in the sense of what I'm thinking of, a jump scare is more like... So I, I get the dice rolling thing can make it a, kind of a jump scare because it's a surprising moment. But jump scare, I mean, I don't usually get as fright as frightened by the die roll as I do by... There was an old game that was done by LucasArts. It was done for the Atari 2600, so this is going back a ways. It was called Res- Rescue at Fractalus or something like that. And the whole idea was and it, the graphics were really terrible, but the whole idea was you are going to a planet to pick up your fellow uh, explorers who are, uh, like they're abandoned down there and you've gotta pick them up. So you land your ship and you see them off in the distance and they're running towards you and then they knock on the door and then you choose to let them in or not let them in. And it, this is all random, unfortunately, because so it, it could be even better if it wasn't all random. But so sometimes when you open the door, the guy comes in, he sits down, and then you're good. You're, you're good to take off. You've rescued him. Sometimes, though, it's an alien, and the alien, in some moment, just pops up in your face on the screen and creates this really adrenaline-rushing moment where it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe a game did that to me. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah.
0: And guess- similar to that, still staying in video games because I'm going to move forward in time here, playing Alien Isolation on the Mm -hmm. xbox when i first got it Mm -hmm. and being chased by people and i'm sitting inside a locker and they're talking about me really negatively outside of the locker and i'm like just trying to not hold not even hold the controller in some way so that i'm going to open that door but and i know the the solution is i've got to take this this wrench that's in my hand and hit them but man i'm scared to death to get out of the locker to hit them
1: I, I I gotta say, back to Mansions of Badness though. I remember the first time we played this last scenario that we played. Remember the first thing we did was barricade the door. Yeah. Um, the reason for that is because the first time I played it, which I think was my with my friend Luke during the old version that didn't have the uh, computer. Yeah. Um, assisted the the app assisted. Um, we opened that door and right there, right in front of us, is one of the things, one of the people that wants to kill us. And I remember my first thought being, oh, crap. Oh, hi. How are you doing? And it, was, it wasn't as much of a jump scare as a horror game because there's no movement associated with it. But opening it up and seeing someone that immediately wanted to kill me, that was bad.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not remembering that time, but I, I, I do remember a lot of times where I can say that Mansions of Madness does a really good job of creating atmosphere and creating those moments of it's almost like, you know, we're talking about discomfort in games and it's almost not uncomfortable, but it is scary. So maybe scary is not always a genre of uncomfortable, but I those moments where it feels like you're going to jump out of your skin, those can be really unsettling moments.
2: They can be, yeah. I mean, some people love them, but, uh, but I think for some people it can be uncomfortable. And yeah, I, th- I don't think that, uh, board games can have a scripted jump scare, uh, jump scare, as uh, like a, like a movie or a, um, or a video game can. But I still think, yeah, like all those examples, pretty good.
0: Yeah. So so Brian and I played. So let's go in a different direction for uncomfortable games because there's another genre of, and there's some that are just going to be like too. Uh, morally reprehensible to even really talk a lot about, so I'm not gonna talk about those so much. But this war of mine, um, I know it's a video game, uh, but we played the board game version of this for eight hours on uh, Why? a couple of Saturday nights. <laughs> Why? Because, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, it was a lot of fun, but okay. it was a really, really dark game. Yeah. I mean, so basically in this game, you are, you are characters in a war-torn country in which really terrible things have happened and you're holed up in this warehouse area where you, you don't have food, you don't have water, you don't have the things you need. And you know it might be out there in the outside world, but there are gangs out there and there are snipers out there and there are bad things happening out there too. And it's a game full of situations that are... So first off, war for me is a definitely an uncomfortable setting in a game. Um, I I can't imagine wanting to play a war game I did this kind of on purpose but then the other piece is you're put in situations to make really morally ambiguous decisions like do I take the food from the baby or do I let the baby live kinda thing really crazy messed up moments and uh, for eight hours you know I'll, I'll say that we we laughed a lot and that's that sounds terrible right but my best conclusion was this game is so dark that if you don't move towards laughter you're going to move towards nothing but feeling pitiful and sad and it's not going to you're not going to be able to stick with it because it there's a reality that it's kind of expressing it's it's taking the reality of war and putting it in front of you as a part of the game and the only thing you can do is just laugh at the fact that you just did something dastardly dirty and evil that you would never think about doing in the first place
1: Yeah. One of the players, I mean, the most uncomfortable situation we were put in was um, we we went into this basically what used to be a beauty shop. And yeah, there was there was a woman in there who was basically putting makeup on on women and shaving their heads bald, going out of her way to make them unattractive so that the soldiers running around didn't abuse them. And she had been people who came in to get this work done on them had brought her gifts, had brought her food, had brought her, um, basically, donations. And they weren't watching us, so we had the opportunity. That that player, each player has to make this decision on their own. We can throw in our two cents about what they should do, but the the end decision is theirs. And your decision is, do you steal the donations because there's food there, or do you leave them and go elsewhere to find stuff? and we sat and discussed it for a few minutes and then finally the person it was not a
0: unanimous vote
1: no um and the person whose decision it was said i'm taking everything we got to survive and half of us were like oh god we're going to the bad we're going to the bad level we're going to the bad place now but i gotta say it was eight hours but it felt nothing like eight hours it felt to me like it passed by in four hours because there was so much discussion around the table of what we were going to do that you you stayed involved the entire game.
0: Yeah, and so for eight hours we did that, but man, there was just some moments that were really just like uh, soul crunching. I, I don't know any word, soul wrenching. I don't know any other word to say about it.
1: Um, it's also a video game too, and I have now, since it was on sale the other day for $5 oh. instead of $20, I have it. I haven't played it yet, but I got it. I believe Hostway
0: has played this.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and only in little bits because it was it was not a fun game. and right. There was no social peer pressure for me to keep going, so I stopped. <laughs> but I also have it.
0: <laughs> Why would we do this to ourselves? Why would we play games that are uncomfortable to us?
1: Well, I have another game on my iPad called Papers, Please, if you guys ever played that one. Yep. Yep. You are basically, um, you're someone who allows people to either come in or go out of a country and they give you their papers and you have to decide whether they're forgeries or if you want to let them in, if, um, if they're legit for whatever reason or not legit, or if you just don't want them in and you have to make these moral decisions and decide whether to let people in your country or not. It's one of these, um, basically, a, a very regimented country, uh, very dictatorial, and there's no telling what you're going to be letting in or not.
2: The game, the, the most messed part about the game is that, yeah, it presents you with this idea that it's up to you basically if these people get into the country or not people and people will tell you why they're fleeing a particular country. And sometimes they're lying, but you don't know. The what the game does is is that it, it makes it uh, it makes the process go faster and faster and gives you less and less time. So it makes you um, it doesn't give you enough time to actually look at the information to do your job properly. So, so you have to make some decisions on the cuff. Uh huh. Yeah. That are that are, like, these people's lives are in your hands, basically. Right. Like, someone comes to you and tells you, like, I'm I'm, I'm running away from, you know, like, my family is in danger. They're going to kill us if I go back. I can't go back. And then you think you saw mistakes. So you're like, okay, go back. But then they can go forward and maybe it was, I don't know. The game is very black and white in some, in some things. So, it's like it might be a terrorist or something that came through. And then, right. but it's all on you. Basically, and all you're yeah. doing is like looking at a passport, looking at a list of documents, and stamping yes or no. And then it just that goes faster and faster. And you can imagine all the things that go through your mind, especially today. Like that game came out years sure. ago, but today it has it's way more relevant than it has ever been. Yeah, at least in the United States.
1: There's another board game that falls it's into a that very category. Uncomfortable game. <laughs> yeah, very much. But. Um, there's another board game that falls into that category. In some in some ways, it's Freedom: The Underground Railroad. We've talked about this game yeah. before, but there are these uncomfortable moments where you there's no option but to sacrifice someone, and the someone you're sacrificing are slaves that you're trying to get from Southern plantations up to Canada, so to give them freedom. But sometimes someone's going down, and you have to choose the lesser of evils to get these three people through. You have to sacrifice someone else. And then the idea that this cube you're sacrificing is, is a, life. a human being that you are sacrificing, sending back to to the South so you can get these two or three people through. And the first time someone ever said that, we're just going to have to sacrifice this one. And we all just sort of froze and looked at <laughs> each other. We looked at each other and we're like, uh, did we just decide to sacrifice a person? Oh, that's, that's, that's dark.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is dark, but I, I think one of the nice things about these games, that like This War of Mine, and it sounds like Passports, Please, as well as Freedom the Underground Railroad, is that they are... You you're, you might remember a concept that I talked about a while ago when we first started Rolling for Change called Ludotsli. This idea that uh, you can use a, uh, a game to uh, increase your ability to make choices and to... You know, it's not a static media, so you're getting involved in something. Um, this is a perfect example of that because you're you're learning the lessons that you need to learn about some really stark realities through the through the medium of the board game or through the medium of the video game. Uh, you know, as a result of being involved in this particular uncomfortable situation, so the value then at least has an external value in that you're starting to kind of think about the world in a different way as a result of playing a game, which is a pretty amazing idea when you think about it, that a game can change the way you think about things. So that's the reason to go for a game that's uncomfortable but has these really heavy social aspects to it.
1: Oh, another board game just popped into my head. Um, I've never played it before, but I've heard people talking about it, and I kind of want to at least try it once just to see what it's like. If You, you ever hear of a game called Tomorrow? No, no. Okay, tomorrow you are playing one of the world powers. And in this on planet Earth, we now have an overpopulation problem. In order to control the population, you play basically you're a, a one world a new world order and you're trying to decide among yourselves how to reduce the population. But you want your population at the end of, at the end of all this to be the highest population but not so high they can't sustain themselves. And the way you're going to reduce the populations is by either conventional military, terror attacks, biological warfare, or nuclear weapons. And you're trying to destroy each other's power base. So you can not specifically, so you can have world power, but so you can reduce the population without them knowing that you're reducing the population just for reducing its sake. Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's just was this it idea that i've never played it i want i want to play it at oh, some okay, point okay. but i've never actually played it um i've heard that some of the mechanics are a little wonky and one of the, some of the world powers are more overpowered and i was like uh, but i still want to try it but i don't know anyone who owns it so <laughs> what's
2: well, like it's i've talked about how i've avoided playing the game Puerto Rico because yeah. I believe it takes it, it's it's gamifying like a really dark part of the history of the country where I was born. I'm like, uh yeah, I don't I don't feel like I don't really want to I don't want to play that. Just the idea of it makes me uncomfortable or even the idea of enjoying something like that. Like right. I think there's a discomfort that could come from you know that that game sounds really interesting, Brian. You know, tomorrow sounds interesting, but I can imagine like sitting back and being like, "Oh, no, that I just I just killed a billion people to save, you know, my, my 3 million and I did it the best way possible. You know, I right. just
1: unleashed, I just unleashed a, a, a super virus on this country. And now people are dying of hemorrhagic fever. And I did that.
2: And I won. Woo. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know, I know this is a, a weird example, but, um, you know, the, the third eye blind song jumper. Yeah. I've I've seen people dancing to that song because they like it. And I'm like, do you know what that song is about? Like why 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 are you <laughs> I understand it's catchy, but it's like you're you're enjoying a song that's about about suicide, you know? It's like what 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 exactly oh, it's like it's that type of thing, you know, where, where definitely the, the the setting, the theme. I don't know, it's like in some games, I have no problem shooting lasers at aliens but it's more uncomfortable for me to shoot real people with realistic weapons. And you know I, I, that makes me really uncomfortable. In fact, when I, when I play military shooters and things like that, I usually turn off the, the volume because just the gunshots make me, oh, yeah. make me uncomfortable. And you can
0: hear the sound and of yet, the people sometimes. And, and yet there's this on the one game.
2: game. Yeah, yeah, and then there's this one game called, oh, what is the game called? I can't remember what the game is called. I'll, I'll look it up in a second, but it's a third person military shooter where basically you're playing as a soldier who, it's, it's hard to understand, but while you're playing, it seems like you're, you're starting to um, get the symptoms of PTSD. Technically, oh, like, oh, wow. technically okay. acute stress disorder because you're like right after, right, right within the events and you're starting to hallucinate and you're starting to um, have all of these very, uh, you're starting to get um, intrusive flashbacks. Like it is, but that game is actually a lot of fun mechanically. <laughs> like, okay. like the game is fun. Like I, I beat the game and I was like, well, that was an incredible story. And then I went back and just shot a whole bunch of other people because it was because I wanted the trophies. <laughs> so there's definitely a disconnect there. Like I there, there is a discomfort for me in talking about that game because I think the game is incredible. I think them but the message is very difficult. Like it's it's one of those strange um, games where the message that it's trying to tell, I think I think it's it's there and it's clear and it's impactful, but the game is also fun. And so that makes it very uncomfortable for me to even uh, talk
0: to enjoy about. it.
2: Well, because that's you're enjoying
0: something so dark.
2: Well, that's why zombie
1: yeah. shooters are so popular because you're fighting a monster. This trying to So much eat easier you. to fight a monster. So you're not technically killing humans, you're killing monsters. So that's better. <laughs> it's easier to justify it.
0: The farther you get from reality, the the easier it is for you to accept the idea of what's going on. You know, if you get down into the reality of stuff, that's when it starts to get dark and, and gritty. Like, this war of mine, I, you know, I never want to be in those situations, and I, I I can say that the game itself gave me a little bit more of an appreciation of what it might be like to be in those situations. Not that, it, not that I'll understand it ever. At least I hope I won't, you know, I won't grok it from the inside out. But just that there's realities that I don't always think about when it comes to these situations in the world.
2: Right, yeah, so, spec, so Spec Ops, the line is the no. game I was, I was thinking. Of. Oh, okay. Spec oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: There, there's a game. I know that Woody's uncomfortable with, not just for the colorblind issues, which are there. Sure. But Mombasa,
0: I was going to bring up Mombasa, which which yeah. takes us in kind of another category, which is being uncomfortable with. I don't know what I was uncomfortable with in that game. All I know is I walked away and I hated it with a passion. So Mombasa is, uh, so it's a stock trading game. You've already turned me off right there. And that may be just, uh, but I I do like some stock trading games. So that's not a big deal. There was something about it. It was either the combination of players at the table, the fact that I was colorblind and didn't really understand what was going on half the time, or just the fact that I didn't completely understand the mechanics. All those things got in the way of making that an enjoyable game. And my impression was, I'm never going to come back to this game.
1: And add to that, it's, it's basically a game about colonialism in Africa. You're trading stocks in your ability to take over various areas of, um, of Africa and colonize
0: it. See, now I wasn't even aware of all of that. In
1: fact, if you if you which you probably didn't read the rules someone else taught you the game. Yes. At the beginning of the rules, they have a whole couple paragraphs like a quarter of the page talking about yes, we know this is an uncomfortable time in history and this is what it's about and we're very aware of that and we're very conscious of that while we're making this game. However, try it out it's a good game. I was <laughs> like, "Wow, that's at least you accept and understand how dark you're, what you're saying is." So yeah, that was a whole other layer that people got uncomfortable with.
0: And and part of the reason that I wanted to do this kind of talking about games that are uncomfortable was because I wanted to kind of take apart what the experience is like to be in a game that's uncomfortable. And so I, I can talk about Mombasa that way. I can talk about Seven Wonders that way. There There is a sense of helplessness. And so earlier on, Josue, you mentioned vulnerability and I'm thinking that maybe that is sort of a linchpin for a lot of uncomfortable games is the sense of being vulnerable in the moment. In the game Mombasa or in the game Seven Wonders, which are two of my least favorite games of all time, I'm I'm vulnerable in the sense that I just don't understand what's going on. I'm just not able to piece it together. There's just too much going on that's beyond my peripheral view to allow me to make good strategies in the game. So I'm sitting there and and the self-talk that's going on is like, I don't know what's going on. And so that sense of helplessness is is almost why I thought, well, maybe it's a good thing to be uncomfortable because maybe you need to be with a sense of helplessness sometimes. And maybe to some extent, that's what we're talking about in uncomfortable games is a sense of helplessness and vulnerability.
2: Another word that kept coming up um, throughout the my, my horror experiment was unsafe, the idea of safety. Mm. And... I think that that's that's a very relatable experience in games. I mean even something like Monopoly, once all those hotels are on the board, like you oh, yeah. you start feeling unsafe. You're like, "Oh man, I, <laughs> I hope can't. I roll well." <laughs> yep, I need to ra- anything above a 5 <laughs> 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 or I'm done. You know? And and that's that that is a that's really uncomfortable to feel unsafe. You know? And like what is the consequence of that? Well, in a in a in a board game it can be either the rest of the game is going to suck for you, right? Cause, uh, it, things are going to get harder or, or more than likely, like you're going to lose and You're going to have to leave the game. And, and you don't, you don't want that, you know, in a, in a video game, you may have to restart, uh, an area or, I mean, some games don't have safe states, like, because that, they think that that's a great way to <laughs> to make you uncomfortable. So then you'd have to start from the beginning or, or lose all your progress or things like that. Like there is a consequence involved. And I think that's what part of what makes it uh, th- that type of vulnerability and, and lack of safety uncomfortable. Those are just things that nobody likes, man. Nobody <laughs> nobody likes to feel vulnerable and unsafe.
1: Have you ever played a game called Revolution? It's by Steve Jackson Games. No. No. All right, in that game, you are part of a revolution. You are trying to make sure your faction comes out on top during the revolution. And basically, it's a bidding game. You you close your fist and you put your bid of um, influence, power, what have you, into your hand. And you reveal your bid. And whoever wins the bid gets to do the thing they want to do. The downside is, if you are on the losing side, you know, normally you get to keep your bid, Right. In most bidding games in this one everybody who didn't win also loses their bid ah. which means that the people who didn't bid anything or bid very little get to move forward in the game but gaining that influence back is really really difficult so if you lose too much because you were short one instant what one piece of um barter bit bidding currency
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're not going to be able to come back in that game typically So one bad bid could completely shut you out of the rest of the game. And I've played that game, and there are people who swear by it and say it's a fantastically fun game. I'm not seeing it. (laughs) It it made me very uncomfortable because I got shut out, and the rest of the game was just a struggle to keep my head above water. And it was just really, really horrible because I was sitting there for like this 45-minute to an hour-long game, not able to do anything.
0: So there's that knife edge where you're sitting there and the, 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 the consequences of your decision are, are weighing on you so heavily and you're trying to decide what's going to happen in order to make things better in the future. And the, the possibility is you're going to fail at the process. I think that fits with a lot of this other stuff too because you, you get in that situation where you, your next move could be your last move. You know, if you're hiding in a locker from an, from people who are chasing you, just a slightest move, like just barely moving the joystick could cause
2: you to, to be noticed and killed. <laughs> no, I mean, so, so I've stopped playing many, many games because of discomfort, right? And that discomfort could be different things. Like the example you just gave that reminded me of The Last of Us. I was like, wow, this is an amazing game. It, it's critically acclaimed, a uh, video game on PlayStation. I'm playing it, and I got to a point where I was like, nope, this is the, the it's just too tense. Everybody here hates me. They're super violent. I don't even want to know. Like, I don't really want to take the chance. I just turned it off. I've never played it again. And wow. there, are many, there are many games where I've just stopped because it was so uncomfortable. But there, there are other games like, I mean, it, it's funny you guys have brought up uh, multiple times like pl- playing with a group of people and there's a couple bickering in the <laughs> at the table. It's like all of a sudden my favorite game can be super uncomfortable and I don't wanna be there anymore. And I'm the type of person who you will usually bow out of any situation even, even if it bothers people just to, to, to not feel that discomfort but I'm, but I'm trying really hard to think of like when it's worth it because, which, which is really hard for me to do right now. <laughs> think about Examples of when it's worth it because like, depending on the type of discomfort, um, like that's, that's where the, that's where the drama comes in. That's where, that's what can make, what can make a game exciting. Like having that discomfort and then overcoming it can feel amazing if it's really the game. But if there are external factors, um, like the theme, like the people that you're playing with, I don't, think, I don't think those things are worth it. I don't think it's even, I don't think there's a solution to that.
0: So I, th- I think, so that's a good question, and that maybe that's what I was getting at. Is it worth it? I think that there's some value to being with discomfort, just in the sense of that you have to, like in an, in an uncomfortable moment, you have to be with yourself, and you have to know how to handle that. And I'm not suggesting that you should go out and put yourself in harm's way. Like, you know, there's a difference in the kinds of stress you can introduce to yourself. There's there's distress and there's eustress. And so I would not suggest anybody play any game that's going to create distress, which is the negative version of stress. It, it creates kind of a sense of helplessness and a sense of uncertainty and that on-the-edgeness. But the eustress is like, think about hang gliding. That's a great idea because that's like... So you're flying, you're experiencing this. You're still feeling stress, but there is—it's worth it in that sense. So you can you can get stress that's worth it out of a game. I think if it if it some way uh, empowers your character, and I can certainly think you know. Okay, you're sitting down with a couple who are bickering. Not that I've ever done that, but you can sit. Down. <laughs> Sorry, I'm <just, laughs> poking. I know. I know that's a lie. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> so I'm thinking that you sit down with a couple, you sit down with people where you're feeling uncomfortable about it, but maybe you like all the people there. So now the purpose of being in the game is because you like all the people and you're sacrificing yourself a little bit for their joy and pleasure. Or you get to that point in the game where you're like, I'm worthless. I am not going to be able, I can't figure out what's going on in this game anymore. But since everything rides on whether or not I stay in the game, I'm going to stay in the game right now. So those, those situations make it worth it to play an uncomfortable game. But uh, maybe there are some game. maybe it's a matter of weighing things out, and a lot of times those discomforts, like the discomfort with the mechanics of the game, or the discomforts with the people at the table in the game, are not choices that we make, they're, they're situations we find ourselves stuck in. Like, oh, Man. oh, it's this kind of situation now.
2: Man, look, there's One thing that this show has done from the beginning is try to connect Real life to 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 our gaming experiences, and I feel like there's there's a lot of life lessons here, but it's one of these things where I'm it is so case by case, right? Like I would I would never say if it's uncomfortable get out immediately because that's not the answer for most situations, and I don't think it's the answer for most games either. Like there there can be fun to be had, um, yeah, beyond that that discomfort. Um, and in and in life the same way, but there are situations where the answer is like, no, no, just get out. Like, there's no reason why you have to spend three hours waiting for everybody to finish concept. Like, when you could have been, you could have played so many other good games. Like, there's other stuff to do, you know.
0: It's hard. I think with that but, one, it's easy to step out. It's just, yes, I, I, but, guys, I'm good. I'm 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 good. I am i am good i do not want to play right now. And yeah, everybody else problem, keeps playing. The not problem was
1: <laughs> the problem was that the game was brand new. And literally every single person in the game group was crowded around this table playing, and there was, and they had just asked me to teach a game. So I had the game set up, and they all just kind of wandered away in in, uh, in curiosity. And three hours later, I packed up the game and left because everyone's like, "Oh, hold on, we'll be over there in a minute." <laughs> a minute turned into an hour, turned into two hours, turned into three hours. I'm like, "Okay, peace out. I'm done." And I did, to be fair, play it two or three rounds of it. But after two or three rounds, I was like, okay, now I've had enough of this. I've, I've had my experience. And nope. There's
2: of all the another... games we'd keep going back to, I didn't think Concept would be the one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's <laughs> The most uncomfortable game. Um, there was one other uh, <laughs> game that I played recently that was really uncomfortable. And it was uncomfortable because of the theme of what was going on at the time. We were playing Dungeon Crawl cra- Classics. And there's a situation where if you go this way, you're going to have to slay this really nasty thing. And then we did. We slayed the nasty thing. But the nasty thing was big enough that it blocked the passage. So we could have just turned back. We should have just turned back. No, instead, we decided to carve the body out so that we could go through it. And Brian was the DM, and he did a great job of sort of uh, making this the most gory experience I can think of with the uh, with the entrails and, and all the things that we're going through. And I was just disgusted with myself. I was disgusted with the party. I was disgusted with the game. I didn't want to be a part of it anymore at that point because it's just gotten to the point where I'm kind of sick to my stomach over the activity that we're doing. We're going through a monster. I get it. It's a bad guy. But we... <laughs> That was really I, hard.
1: I want to make it clear. I in no way condoned what they were doing. <laughs> and I made it that horrible trying to dissuade them from continuing on. But no, to we continued. them. But they kept doing it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, if you guys really want to go down this path, I will take you there. But just recall, I did, I, I tried to encourage you to go the other way.
0: None of us walked away happy with that experience, and one of us at least was like, "I told you we we shouldn't go this way. We shouldn't go this way." I wouldn't say no
1: one was happy with that experience. The guy who instigated it, okay, totally fine. okay with the
0: experience.
2: Fine, yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. Was it like people kept rolling to just kept ha- keep hatcheting through the thing, and like you were going through its body? Like, uh-huh. it oh, yes. Whoa! <laughs> How long did this take? Maybe well, about twenty fi- minutes.
1: Finally, the other over pulled pulled. <laughs> Pulled the legs out was like, okay, I, I had had enough of it. So he grabbed the legs and pulled it back. And they got a couple shots off and he backed off. Basically telling them, you know, come on ahead forward. You come to me. And they were at that point they were like, now we're all going to die if we go.
0: Did I mention that this was the ogre's brother that we were carving through? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was in no way happy with them. This <laughs> is just a dark moment in gaming. <laughs>
2: Oh, so, the, so that that could have been handled very differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: we should have just gone back the other way. The whole point was to try to get us to go back the other way. That was the DM's point. Was I don't want to, I don't want you to be here. This is not supposed to be a way out. We're gonna make it a way out. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: made it so that you'd have to be borderline suicidal to try it and they kept trying they tried like five different ways to get through these, these guys and finally they managed to kill one of them and i said okay he blocks your way well we're just going to carve through him like you're gonna do what <laughs> you're gonna do what <laughs> like okay i'm i'm gonna try to convince you this is a bad idea what do you mean you keep carving <laughs> Okay. All right. That's um. That's it's an one open way world, Brian. It. We get to do what we want to do.
0: <laughs> no, there have been some really dark moments in that game. I can tell you that. That I don't know if it's the group that we're playing with or it's the game itself, but it's, it's a very dark game. It's
1: one hundred percent the group we're playing with. Okay. We're we're closing in on nights at the dinner table levels of um, insanity in that game. <laughs>
0: Well, so I think getting back to the question that Hosway makes, I think you've got to make, it, it is a case-by-case basis, but you've got to make a decision as to whether or not discomfort in a game can be helpful. I think there are times that it's okay to be with discomfort. Um, I can just, I, I think, you know, being a therapist, there are going to be times sitting with your client that you're going to be uncomfortable but you're in there for the other person. You're in there for the, for the process. You're in there for the experience of it all. And there are times that the experience of being uncomfortable can be good because it makes you aware of what you had before. There are times when being uncomfortable can be good because it makes you able to develop a greater sense of patience and a greater sense of um, self-control. So maybe those are the things that, that an uncomfortable game is good for. And then, of course, people love horror movies, and there's a reason they love horror movies, that you'd like to be scared in a way that is a healthy scare as opposed to, like, I'm not going to walk down into gang territory and fly a flag that's not mine. That's, that's, I'm going to be scared that way, certainly, but I, I want a way to be scared that I'm not going to actually get hurt. That's the value. I mean, if you really want to have a horrible experience, you don't choose a horror movie. You choose some horrible
2: act. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, we using the the word discomfort in a general way, and yeah. it can be in many, many different things. And uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity for growth. There's a lot of opportunity for learning. Like you can learn about yourself. You can learn about new situations that you've been avoiding. In the example of the horror, I, I've come out with a a brand new, uh, renewed appreciation of the <laughs> horror genre right I realized oh yeah I love horror I actually like it and I don't find any of it really scary it doesn't it doesn't terrify me I love I love the weird stuff right even you know a little bit of gore here and there like I, I like that stuff because it's different and and a lot of it is fun and because I stuck with it I was able to to appreciate it and but unfortunately I mean we, if we keep you know just using discomfort in a, in a general in a general sense it really is a, a case by case. But I think that there's absolutely examples where like, it's worth it. You know, like even in your carving through a go or, or- <laughs> an ogre example, you're, you're like, there's a game at the, there's a, there's the rest of the game is at the other end, right? You just want to get through right. that so you can keep, so you can stay on your adventure and you, you want to, you want to keep adventuring. And sometimes that's just the cost of it. Like there are movies that have parts that are uncomfortable and you, you get through them and, yeah, it depends. Sometimes you can fast forward. Sometimes you can't. And sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you don't know. But I think, especially in games, like the great thing about games is that it's a, it's it's safe, right? For the most part, unless yeah. you're talking about something that is really triggering in terms of a of a trauma or something like that, and and or or even like, you know. Will induce a panic attack or something like that. Like I don't know what game you're playing that could do that, but I mean it's possible, right? Well, <laughs> like obviously, the, if you
0: had PTSD, you wouldn't play that game that you suggested that people play. That, that uh, Spec has, off the line, yeah, yeah. yeah you wouldn't play that if you had PTSD. Yeah,
2: if, if it were military related, absolutely not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest that because it is. It is a dark, dark game. But you know, it's it's, it's hard, man. I, I want to hear people's examples. You know, I want to hear more examples of of cases where you would or wouldn't. Continue or where you would stop? Because I don't know. It isn't. It isn't like we can even give suggestions on how to cope necessarily. You know, because then it's like, how do you deal with being uncomfortable? You just stay uncomfortable until it's over, <laughs> right? It's well, like, well, you know. Um, <laughs> well, maybe, sitting in maybe meditation
0: not. can be uncomfortable, and you 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 do it because the other end of it is is worth it. So you you know you you sit with it. You Listen, sit with the, the most
2: difficult most painful thing i've ever i've ever experienced was a 10 day meditation retreat like nothing has hurt my body my mind more than that and i can't wait to go do it again cuz it was absolutely <laughs> worth it
0: <laughs> exactly so that's yeah. <laughs> that's the thing right there that's where discomfort becomes good or being in an, an anxious place becomes good
2: but potentially like there's there may be potentially something good on the other side but that isn't always necessarily the case like playing as a dictatorial, like mass murderer of the world, isn't necessarily gonna feel better at the other, you know, the next day because because you won the game, because <laughs> right. you, you went through it. I don't know. Depends.
1: Yeah, I mean, that that level of discomfort, I've I've experienced that with a movie once. I just heard about it and knew, nah, I'm not gonna watch Human Centipede. I'm not going to no, do it. No, absolutely nope.
0: not. It's not. I have zero interest in that. I have no reason to do that. So I, I guess you're right, Hostway. It, it, we'd like—I'd love to hear from other people what what causes them discomfort in games. What what's the stopping point, or why stop, or why keep going? All these questions are kind of in the air now, and hopefully our listeners can, can take some time and go to the forums and answer that question for us and, and let us know what their experience is like, because there's a wealth of discussion here that we can have, but we're just three people and the, the world is much bigger than us. So I, I'd like to hear many more people talk about this.
1: Yeah, this sounds. I, I, that's one of the things I've enjoyed about our, our one live thing was we got to hear people's stories. And that's always fascinating to me.
0: Yeah. So like I said, come on into the forums and and once we we get this up, come into the forums and talk to us about it. And uh, I'm excited to uh, talk to other people about their experience with uncomfortable games. So I think we need to wrap up, guys. But is there anything else before we close out the
2: show? No, I feel uncomfortable
0: now. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's take a really un- long, uncomfortable silence, and just let the listeners just sit there for a minute.
1: Yeah, in my like in my classroom right now, I do have to throw this in. We've been reading um, *Night* by Edith, by Ali um, We read *A Long Way Gone*, which is the story of um, boy soldiers um, in in uh, Sierra Leone. Mm-hmm. Um, just a, a lot of some Ray Bradbury stories that were, that are um, dystopian and the kids are like, are we going to read something that's not thoroughly uncomfortable? It's like, <laughs> Yes. eventually Yes. Eventually you're going to read the alchemist. So that'll be less uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: All right. So I'll, I'll, that reminds me, you know, like school is uncomfortable can be for, I hated school as a, as, as a student and, it's one of those examples of things that like sometimes you sometimes you have to go through it. And I don't know, I think, you know, depending on on what it is there there are helpful ways to help you get through it so it's less uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So can I mean that's that's just a very general statement. <laughs> but there there are some things that whether because it's your decision or or not You kind of have to get through it to get to you know from point a to point b there's going to be some discomfort there there's i think more value in being able to tolerate it than not um but just stay safe out there i guess (laughs) be careful
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes play safe games unless you feel like playing unsafe games (laughs) i have to throw this out there because um it was it
1: just popped up on my uh, facebook messenger um, I have been asked to if I am ordained to perform weddings. And yes, I am actually. So I had to tell this person that um, I am actually a dudist priest in the Church of the Latter-day Dude.
0: Oh my God.
1: And I said, You got you guys have your own your own vows. She goes, No, you can come up with something. And I'm like, Oh, oh, I hope I do this right. <laughs> Wow. But I'm going to be or- officiating at someone's wedding.
0: <laughs> I'm uncomfortable for you right now.
1: <laughs> Fortunately, she said, you don't have to be too religious in this. I'm like, oh, no worries. <laughs> I'm, I'm, right. I'm just going to abide in this situation.
0: The dude abides. Yes. Excellent. Well, <laughs> on that note, uh, thanks, guys, for, for talking to me about Uncomfortable Games. I'm Still uncomfortable with games, but uh, I will work on that. And uh, I appreciate you guys' input very much.
1: You are most welcome.
2: Always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> so until next time, guys, uh, keep on rolling for change, and, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Rolling for Change, a proud member of the Geek Therapy Network. This has been episode number 24, The Discomfort of Gaming. If you've enjoyed our show, please rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or wherever it is you find great podcasts. Also, please send your feedback to gamers at rollingforchange.com. Remember to check out all of the amazing podcasts from the Geek Therapy Network at geektherapy.com. If you find that you enjoy our theme music, it's from the band Rocket Scientists, and you can find more great stuff from them on bandcamp.com. Once again, thanks for listening. Get out there and find some discomfort and keep on rolling for change.